After a historic season last year for Terry Morin and the Hoosiers, it's been a relatively quiet summer. Let's get you caught up in everything you might have missed. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast, part of the Locked On Network. Appreciate you guys making us your first listen, as always, wherever that may be from. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. As I said, it it was a relatively quiet summer for the Hoosiers when it comes to the women's basketball side. Doesn't mean there there weren't still things done, so we will... um, let's get caught up on everything that we could have missed or or everything that happened. And there is perhaps no one better to do that with than today's guest who uh, just joined Peaks this summer to cover women's basketball, Talia Goodman. Talia, uh, what's it been like to, uh, to get to cover IU women's basketball throughout the summer now? It's been fun. I mean, last year was my first time really delving into women's basketball as a whole, and I was so lucky to get to do it. It's my favorite thing I've done so far. And so it's been a fun summer. Got to go down to Chicago, which I know we'll talk about a little bit later and check out some recruits Um, and just been talking to everyone. It's been really great. Yeah. And it's a it's a great time to get involved with IU women's basketball as well. Let's start with the transfers. There's a there was a ton of focus on the men's basketball side. They were very active in the transfer portal. The women's side, there wasn't nearly uh, as much discussion, but they did bring in one player, uh, Sharnice Curry-Jelks, who comes from UT Martin, um, a big who had a strong season last year, her freshman season, 15 points, uh, 6.9 rebounds. What type of player are the Hoosiers getting in Curry-Jelks this season? I mean, she's someone with a lot of athleticism. She can really rebound. Good mid-range game. Um, she's fast for her height, which is something that her previous coaches really uh, emphasized to me is that, you know, she's big, but she's really, really quick for that height, physical, just fun to watch. Honestly, in general, the only thing to look out for is that she has uh, torn her ACL twice. So hopefully no more bad luck on the injury end of things. But I think that's the only kind of concern heading into the season. I mean, there's no word on how much of a role she'll really have this season, but I think she's a good piece to have. Yeah, knock on wood on, on the injury front. And the Hoosiers didn't have a ton of depth in the front court, even last season. Uh, they were lucky that uh, Mackenzie Holmes was as healthy as she was all season long. Lily Meister played some big minutes in the tournament, but Curry Jelks adding some more depth in that regard. I, I know I read in some places that potentially could play the four. Do you see that as a possibility? What kind of role if she is to have one do you think she has with the Hoosiers this year I think it'll be interesting because like you said they didn't really have that that depth as much last year and while they didn't get a lot of transfers in this year she was the only one you know they do have a few freshmen coming in so I think we just kind of have to wait and see how these freshmen play out before I don't know making any guesses about that on my end I don't I've watched the freshmen a little bit but it's hard to say what kind of role they'll have I think you know She'll come off the bench. Um, I think that's pretty clear, at least to start. We'll see how yeah. she improves throughout the year, but I think it'll be interesting to see what she's able to provide in, in this different setting because coming from UT Martin is definitely different. Yeah, big jump there in competition level. 
But that was the only move the Hoosiers made. And in women's basketball, there are 15 scholarships. The Hoosiers have three open spots. Were you surprised at all that they didn't make any other moves in the transfer portal? I wasn't. Um, in talking to some of the coaching staff and some people around the program, they're very careful about the transfers that, transfers that they pick up. And they had some really great luck with that for last season, yeah. getting those three transfers that all seemed to work out fairly well for them. But they they like getting those true freshmen, getting to know them before they get on campus. So I'm not overly surprised that they didn't take big leaps in the portal this season. It's just not as much the type of program they are with Terry Moran's philosophy of, you know, working hard, earning your spot, you know, just just getting to know the players and making sure they fit in well with this team before, you know, getting them on the team. So I think it made sense. They found one they really liked. They got her. They snatched her quick. And they have a couple of freshmen coming in who could do big things. And as you said, this is a a roster with a lot of youth on it. Of the, the 12 people on it, seven of them with Curry Jelks as a sophomore now, seven of them are either freshmen or sophomores. To that point, as you were saying, do you think kind of the, the lack of, of movement in the transfer portal means that they have some faith in some of these young players and, and having them develop it and be a part of this this team and this rotation this season? I definitely do think so. I think, you know, we saw it with Garzon last season. She's the the most noticeable of the younger players, I think. Um, but Lily Meister, like you said, she's someone I would look out for for, for bigger minutes this season, potentially in a bigger role moving forward. I think they do like the roster that they have right now, which is why I think they didn't feel the need to go too heavy into the portal like a lot of the other teams did this year. There was a lot of portal movement, but Indiana was not one of those teams. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting philosophy, neither good nor bad necessarily. I mean, it's worked for Terry Morin already, so it's hard to criticize it, but uh, it is an interesting philosophy just with how much movement there was, as you said, in the portal this year and how active everybody tends to be across really all college athletics to to really rely on your recruiting and bringing those players in is kind of zagging when everybody else is zigging. Uh, One last thing, just on the two freshmen coming in, Lene Beaumont and Jules Lamandola, we've talked a little bit about them uh, on the podcast, two players of the year in in their states. Uh, Do you see them kind of having roles with the team this year? Is it kind of, as you said, wait and see a little bit? I do see them having roles with the team. I don't know if it'll necessarily be an immediate impact. I think, you know, as most freshmen, I think Garzon was a little bit of the exception. It takes a little bit of time to adjust, especially when you're coming to a program like Indiana, when you're coming to the Big Ten, which is one of the most competitive conferences uh, in the country. So I think it'll definitely be a little bit of adjustment. I think they're very talented players, and I'm really looking forward to see how they fit in with this team because, you know, after seeing firsthand the recruiting that they do, I mean, these players, they're very purposeful who they bring in. So I think it's definitely something to look out for. And I think they will play bigger roles as the the season moves on. Yeah. Garzon definitely was the exception last season and a, a big one. She was, we'll talk about her a little bit later, but let's talk about recruiting and what the Hoosiers have done this summer. We'll dive into that here in just a minute want to talk first about our sponsor of today's episode, eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or 
your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks a lot, everybody, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Or as we'll know, uh, some of the names we're about to mention, we talked about recruiting uh, when commitments happened with IU Women's Basketball, and there were a pair of them this summer. Let's start with the first one, Sydney Finn, uh, a forward out of Buffalo, New York, who uh, committed in early June. What can you tell us about her and her game and uh, the prospect the Hoosiers landed? Yeah, I like her game a lot. She's she's a skilled post. You can stretch the floor, pass first. She can shoot it too, though. She she can. She I talked to her. Um, what was that? A month ago? A little bit more. And she described her game as saying she she just plays smart basketball. And I think you know that kind of fits it. I've watched a little bit of her, and I've I've really liked what I've seen. Um, so I'm excited for her to get on campus. Well, yeah. Here, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be. She's a 2024 recruit, so it'll be a year, but. Uh, the Hoosiers are going to have a hole to fill in the post after this season with Mackenzie mm-hmm. Holmes. There's any number of players that could potentially step up in that regard. But Sydney Finn coming in at a, an opportune time uh, when it comes to potential a role, a, a spot in the rotation, however that might play out. Uh, they also landed Terry Morin and her coaching staff and in-state recruit. Uh, Maya Makalewski, I believe is how you pronounce it, from Hamilton Southeastern. A 2025 recruit, so a little bit uh, further out there, but uh, it's always IU fans will love landing the in-state recruits. Um, What type of player, again, is Maya, and what are the Hoosiers getting with her? Well, first of all, she was a very highly recruited player. She had a bunch of big-time offers from Bama, DePaul, Oregon, uh, Maryland, another Big Ten team there. So, I mean, she was definitely wanted, and I think it, it came to, you know, the program that Indiana has now, and then being close to home definitely didn't hurt. Um, but she can really shoot it. That's her big thing. She's really focused on her perimeter game for most of her her playing career. But she's really trying to diversify her game and focus a lot more on her defensive ability. So her rebounding is what's really improving. Um, so that's definitely something that will improve. I mean, she's a 2025. She's got some time still to, to work on all those things. She's working on her aggressiveness and and becoming a good rebounder, like I said. So I think we'll see more of that before she gets to campus because it is still a few years away and I believe she was the first 2025 to commit so far. So definitely something to keep an eye on, um, but she is still young. Yeah, still a lot of time there, still a lot of time. If you're in Indiana, you can go catch Hamilton Southeastern and watch her in the next couple of seasons. Uh, Sydney Parrish also 
from Hamilton Southeastern. So some connections there. And then, as you mentioned earlier, you went up to Chicago, watched the Nike Nationals, and were able to to catch some some targets for the Hoosiers. Who were some players that, that stuck out to you at that? Well, first of all, Maya was actually supposed to be there, I believe, and then she switched AAU teams to Sydney Parish's dad's team. So she wasn't there. I didn't get to watch her in person. But I thought that was a little interesting tidbit. Um, mm-hmm. But for the 2024s, the one who really stuck out to me is Ania Saka, who is out of D.C. Um, she's a 2024. She's very, very talented. Just a very complete game post player who can kind of just do a little bit of everything. She's 6'3". She has offers from literally, you name it, probably there. Like everywhere in the country has offered her, especially after Chicago. Um, she gained a lot more offers from Big Ten schools, a little bit of everything. So she's just trying to narrow that list down. There's no real word on where she's she's looking yet, planning to take some visits. Um, visited two actually Big Ten schools, Michigan and Northwestern. So those are the two places she's gone so far. Um, but she just she's a really complete player, and I loved what I saw from her. She's fun to watch, she's big. Um, yeah, I, I really liked her a lot for the 2024. So looking at another one too, mm-hmm. uh, Michaela Blakes, who also has tons of offers. Um, She's guard. Really good. So the, those were the two 2024s that I saw in Chicago. There, I'm sure there are more um, that weren't on the Nike circuit, but those were the two that were on the Nike circuit that stood out. Yeah, it's going inter- to be interesting to see how the, the Hoosiers approach because they have, I guess, the benefit of not really going after a lot of players in the transfer portal is there's a lot of scholarship spots open. They have three open this year. They already have two commits for – 2024 so there's three more open for next year and then a whole host of them after that so they can continue to be active in that front and if you're placing an emphasis on recruiting uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who the Hoosiers bring in and clearly when they find someone and they target them they they really uh, look to get them no matter how far out it may be like with Maya and things like that Uh, were there any other kind of further out in the distance targets or anything like that that uh, you saw that stuck out to you as well yeah there was a 2025 Layla Hayes she's from Alaska so most teams wow. hadn't really seen her play until this because she didn't really play AAU ball before um, this tournament but she really stood out another big she's gone pretty much unnoticed she didn't have a ton of scholarship offers before this but since Chicago she's definitely gotten some more exposure there um, really physical she rebounds well leans into her physicality a lot. Um, Again, just like a fun player to watch. Um, And Indiana, and Indiana definitely had their eye on her um, in Chicago. Yeah. That's interesting to an Alaska recruit is not often something you, you see. So uh, certainly interesting to follow. Well, the Hoosiers still have a lot of talent on their roster that we haven't talked about yet in today's episode. So Let's take a look at them and continue a little bit of a game that we played on last week's episodes. We'll do all that here in a moment. So Everydayers, again, if you listen the last couple weeks, we've been doing kind of a a more likely to happen type of thing. We did it with men's basketball. We did it with football where I list out a couple scenarios and we discuss which is more likely to happen. Uh, certainly will be more interesting to have a second viewpoint on this than me debating with myself. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different uh, players for the Hoosiers this season, some of the notable ones. We'll start with Mackenzie Holmes, who last season 
Averaged 22.3 points and shot 68% from the field. So the the more likely to happen I came up with is McKenzie Holmes averaged 25 points per game or to shoot 70% from the field. 70% seems obscene, but so does 68%. So I don't know how far out of the realm of possibility it is. Uh, Which one do you think is more likely to happen next season? Honestly, I think, like you just said, like neither of them are really out of reach for her. Like they're not, you think about it and you're like, well, like that could never happen. But then you look at what she did last season and you're like, oh, wait, like I don't think that would be that hard. Like from what she did last season, I just don't, I don't neither. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if either happened, but I would go with the 25 points per game. How about you? Yeah, it's, I was looking uh, at, career field goal percentage when I was kind of looking at this because I wrote 70% and I was like, that just doesn't feel possible. <laughs> and then McKenzie Holmes is uh, 24, 20th all time in career field goal percentage in women's college basketball at 63%. Um, that was, yeah, through last season. So one of the most efficient players we've ever seen in, in women's college basketball 70% though still feels high. Uh, there's going to be a lot of scoring that needs to be replaced with Grace Berger now gone. I think a, a fair amount of that could fall on McKenzie Holmes' shoulders. 25 points isn't that big of a jump, relatively speaking. Both of these are entirely possible. And if she's shooting 70% from the field, she probably is scoring yes. 25 points per game. So it's entirely possible both of these things happen. I would lean 25 points per game, but um, both are likely. It's it's a, a minimal jump, really, for either one of those things to happen. Chloe Moore McNeil, someone that uh, probably going to have a lot of the ball handling duties this mm-hmm. season now that, that Grace is gone. And as I said, there's a lot of people that are probably going to have to step up to replace. Grace averaged 12.9 points per game last season. Uh, a tick over 13 in conference play. So which do you see is more likely to happen? Chloe to average 12 points per game, which would be about two and a half more per game than she did last year or eight assists per game, which is a notable jump, but it's six grace averaged six assists per game last season. So 12 points or eight assists per game. I'm taking the points again on this one. I think especially because Chloe said earlier in the season, she told me that she's really been continually working on her three. Um, And so I think if that continues to get better and better, we saw it last year, it did. um, I think the points will come with that. And, you know, like you said, players have to get points. They can't rely on McKenzie for all of them. And although she would probably do it, she probably could. (laughs) But um, I think, Chloe Moore McNeil, she's going to have more playing time. She's going to have that bigger role on the team this year. And I think 12 points isn't that far out of reach for her. Yeah, that's interesting that you pointed out her three-point shot kind of improved as the season went along. And over the last, let's see here, 10 games of the season, she shot 45% from three on four attempts per game. And so, and it was 11 points per game she averaged in that span. So to your point, uh, that's basically right there. If if she is able to knock down threes, which is going to be big for the Hoosiers this season, uh, to be able to space the floor, then then that twelve points is right there. You actually convinced me because I think I was going to go the other way with eight assists, but the three pointer was not something I really thought about, and it really came around 
uh, in the, the latter stage of last season. So we'll go with the 12 points per game on that one. I think her assists are going to go up just Great. because the ball is going to be in her hands more as a playmaker. And we saw it last season when Grace was out. Uh, I know Terry Morin called her the, the MVP of the team in that span. So uh, the, the ball is going to be in her hands more. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's up to six, maybe even seven assists per game. But that scoring, if she can be a consistent three-point shooter, is going to jump up as well. Garden Garzon, someone that, that we've mentioned a lot. I'm a, a big believer in her and yeah. someone that I think is going to be really good, uh, have a really good career in college basketball. I think there's a good chance she uh, is the fills a lot of the scoring left behind by Grace Berger. So I had a lofty one here. Uh, Yardinger's on at 18 points per game or three and a half threes per game. The 18 points would be assuredly probably second most three and a half threes per game would be up there with the leaders in the country. And yep. so which one of these do you think is more likely to happen? This one tripped me up a little. It had me thinking, I was thinking on this one for a while. I, I think she will take more scoring, but I don't know if it'll be 18 points a game. So I'm going with the threes. I know you said it'll be up there with the most in the country, but look at what she did last year. I, I don't yep. think that, Part of it is out of reach, especially if, you know, she's continuing to work on um, her game uh, beyond the arc. So I think those threes are what I would take. I don't know if she'll be able to do it, but I think it's the more likely option in my head, although I'm not entirely convinced myself. <laughs> yeah, I I went back and forth with it because it I, cl I looked at a couple of the, the leaders in threes last season. Caitlin Clark averaged 3.7 makes per game. Uh, Taylor Mikesell was at 3.2 names that I'm sure IU fans are familiar with. So 3.5, you're you're up there with the the most prolific shooters in the country. Now, from an efficiency standpoint, she was up there last season. Yeah. It was yeah. it was wild how how good she was as a three point shooter. Because I almost wrote, could she shoot 50 percent from three? <laughs> she was doing it for a good chunk of last season. But again, that just seems so right to end wild. on that. I don't know. Yeah, that just seems so wild to even for as long as she did it. I don't know how late into the season it was, but it was well into Big Ten play that she was still a 50 percent three point shooter. So I didn't I didn't pick that one. I still think she'll probably be efficient. It's just when the volume go, goes up, the efficiency tends to dip a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I would go the 18 points per game as well. I think. As I said, she'll take a lot of that scoring that uh, the the hole left by Grace Berger in that regard. This might be a little high for on both regards, the 18 points and the three and a half threes, but I think it would be more likely that uh, she scores 18 points. And her scoring may not all come from the three-point line either. Yeah, right. yeah and she has a, a nice touch on her jumper and can work inside a little bit. So mm -hmm. uh, that scoring could could come in a variety of ways. And it's another scenario where if she's scoring, if she's hitting three and a half threes per game, she's probably also scoring 18 points per game or, or more than that. So uh, we'll see how, how that one plays out. Let's do the last one, which uh, is Sydney Parrish, someone we mentioned as well, who uh, I mentioned a couple times. I was as impressed, was so impressive last season. Like I, I knew she was a big get, but the way she played was just so different than the way they used her at Oregon that it was awesome to see 
uh, quickly became a, fa a fan favorite for the Hoosiers. Uh, last season, she averaged 1.7 made threes per game, 12 points per game, um, and averaged as well. Let me get this point pulled up. Uh, 1.8 assists per game. I mentioned that somebody is going to, or we've mentioned that people are going to have to pick up the scoring. There's also a lot of ball handling yep. that is going to have to be replaced. And Chloe Moore McNeil is a, a heavy favorite for that. But which do you see as more likely uh, Sydney Parrish averaging 2.5 threes per game or three assists per game? I'm actually going with the assists on this one. And I think maybe that's partially because I'm filling some holes because I said the points for Chloe Moore McNeil. <laughs> so the assists have to go somewhere. Um, but also just the way Sydney plays the game. She's very crafty. I think she she definitely has it in her to get those three. How many did you say it was last year? It wasn't. It was 1. It was 1.8. Yeah. yeah. So 1. it's not a big jump at all. Not, it's not that far off. And like you said, someone has to take that role on. And I think she can do it. You know, she can make those three. She can do a lot of different things. She's she's crafty, right, right at the basket. But I think she's got a lot of game left in her that we haven't even seen yet. And I think she can take on that role if if it comes to her. It's going to be interesting to see what type of role she has because she can do just like everything. Like I think she, in a lot of ways was almost the epitome of like a glue guy or a glue player last season. She can score. She can rebound. She was great at crash crashing the glass. She can defend uh, 1.6 steals per game. Yeah. And then the, uh, as you said, a crafty player that I think if IU needs her to to play make a little bit more. It's certainly something she can do. Uh, she averaged the 1.8 assists. I could see that going up 1.73 s last season uh, on 36% shooting. That was her uh, career best in terms of efficiency and made threes. So it would be quite the jump to go up to 2.5, which gears on only made 2.2 last season. Um, and especially if we think that, that Chloe Moore McNeil might see a jump there as well. The assists uh, is what I will choose. And it's it's going to be interesting because 5.8 assists per game from Grace Berger, it's going to be by committee, I think, that Indiana replaces that. And it might be players outside of the ones we mentioned, Sarah Scalia, as well as someone that could see a jump in that regard. But uh, as much as anything, Grace's playmaking ability might be one of the toughest things the Hoosiers have to replace next season because she was such a kind of a table setter for Indiana and getting them in, in their plays and knowing when to run certain plays and who to find and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Hoosiers replace that this season. Agreed. It was uh, definitely, I think almost taken advantage of like not no taken for granted a little yeah. bit. Um, how big of a role she had on this team. Like, I think, you know, everyone appreciated it when she was there, but it was not, um, no one really thought about what it would be like when she's gone. And so it'll yeah. definitely be interesting to see. And we got a, unfortunately, a little taste of it during the beginning of Big Ten play when she was injured. We saw the Hoosiers were still a really good team, but they were just kind of missing that extra something in a, a number of areas. And, and Grace really brought that. And, her feel for the game just in general, she seemed like she always knew what the moment called for. So uh, it's it's going to be tough to replace her, but they have a number of players like we've we've mentioned in this segment that can step up this season and do a number of different things to hopefully hopefully kind of collectively fill that void left by her. Thanks again, guys, 
uh, as always, for making us your first listen. Thanks to Talia for for coming on today and talking women's basketball. Talia, let everybody know where they can find you and find your work at. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter all the time, Twitter, or I guess X. I don't even, I don't know how to deal oh, with it. Oh, I, I keep forgetting I it's actually not called Twitter anymore. I, I don't know how to deal with it, but I'm at Goodman Sport there. Uh, work for Peaks covering the women's basketball team. So if you want more of that, go to peaks.com. Uh, I'll have another recruiting story coming out next week, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everybody head over there. We talked a little bit about it, but uh, I'm sure she'll have a lot to talk about when it comes to IU recruiting. Be sure to follow her on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers X Twitter, whatever it's called nowadays. Head on over there as long as it's still around. Uh, <laughs> you guys can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on YouTube. Uh, leave that quick rating and review. Helps us out a ton. Uh, most importantly, though, guys, hope everybody has a great start to the week. And as always, LEO.